welcome back. We want to we want to continue in our discussion uh, in this part two uh, discussion on the new heavens and the new earth. We uh, we were with Travis and Jimmy and Caleb in the last episode uh, discussing some really significant realities about where, where the Scripture leads us as we consider what it teaches, what the Lord teaches us uh, through the Word of God about what we can expect and look forward to as it pertains to the new heavens and the new earth, and even the heaven as it exists now. I, I want to pose a few questions, questions, guys, that um, get us more into perhaps uh, some speculation, but I think some some really good things are there for us in the Word of God to, to be able to, if not speculate, uh, at least imagine in a really healthy way. What can we what can we look forward to? And so I want to start with with our resurrected bodies. Can we know from what we see in the Bible what what can we expect when we are in our resurrected bodies? What will that reality be like? Or uh, we we know Jesus, like we talked about in the in the past episode. Jesus has this resurrected body now, as he sits at the right hand of, of the Father. What do we glean from him and what he modeled for us and showed? Uh, you know, we we're going to be like him. So, yeah, what do we what do we think? I think Jimmy was talking before the episode when we were just discussing some things about how important it was that Jesus was using charcoal and not a gas grill to <laughs> make the fish or to cook the fish. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, well so one portrayal we have of, of Jesus after his resurrection is from John chapter 21. He's sitting on the shore of the sea of Galilee uh, waiting for these fishermen disciples to come in. And um, the text says that here, here's the resurrection, resurrected Jesus uh, who has been brought from the grave, given this resurrection life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's standing beside a charcoal fire, the ESV translates, and uh, he's cooking fish and bread. And so um, as I think about what, what does that mean, what are the implications for us in the new heavens and the new earth? If Jesus is exhibit A of what new heavens and new earth body uh, looks like, then you've got Jesus employing skills after his resurrection that he learned before his resurrection. Mm. Jesus didn't learn how to build a fire uh, after his resurrection. He's, he's been crossing the countryside for years with these fishermen disciples making open-air meals. Um, he's learned how to cook fish over a fire. He's learned how to make bread. And um, so that just makes me ask the question, what skills do you have? What skills do I have that are everyday life skills that are hmm. going to carry over into the new heavens and the new earth? skills that we may not think matter that much, right? Um, you would take cooking fish for granted if you uh, work with fishermen for years. And so here's Jesus engaging in that. Uh, that's significant. And then part two is, this is John chapter 21. At the end of John chapter 20, we're told that Jesus did so many signs and miracles. So by implication, Jesus has enough power that if he wants to feed his disciples some miraculous way, he can. And yet he chooses to uh, build a fire and make, make fish biscuits. Um, even though there's power available to him to do it another way. And that just makes me ask the question, in the new heavens and new earth, maybe our bodies will have some powers and capacities 
but we will choose not to use them because it's actually pleasurable and joyful and satisfying or familiar to use these other skills. So hmm. for example, maybe 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 I don't need to hike the Appalachian Trail in the in the new heavens and the new earth, but maybe I choose to because it's just good. It's back to Genesis 1 and 2 where Caleb keeps taking us, right? The, the world the Lord made is Good. So those are just a little couple snapshots from John 21 and the resurrected Jesus. So I love how, on one hand, right, you're pushing on the reality that we probably don't think about enough when we think about the new heavens and new earth of like, hey, we're we're still very human and what we have experienced and the gifts that God's given us in this life will carry over, right? Um, There is this other side of the coin as well. Right. And Caleb, I want you to where like, so we see the resurrected Jesus. Yeah. Walk through a door. Yeah. Like when he's, when he's, you know, visiting the disciples in the upper room, do we glean anything from that? And, and when we think about, well, will there be realities that we can have in, in our resurrected bodies that we don't have now? Um, you had, you had, you found a really good quote from C.S. Lewis. Yeah. That, so Lewis know, makes this argument that the miracles of Jesus somehow uh, anticipate the powers and abilities that all the sons of God will have in the age to come. And he has this, this paragraph. I'm just going to throw it out there and then let us, you know, bat it around a little bit. He says, uh, this is speaking of when Christ walks on the water. He says, God had not made the old nature, the world before the incarnation, of such a kind that water would support a human body. This miracle is the foretaste of a nature that is still in the future. The new creation is just breaking in. For a moment, it looks as if it were going to spread. For a moment, two men were living in that new world. St. Peter also walks on the water, a pace or two. Then his trust fails him, and he sinks. He is, both, he is back in old nature. That momentary glimpse was a snowdrop of a miracle. The snowdrops show that we have turned the corner of the year. Summer is coming, but it is a long way off, and the snowdrops do not last long. And so he kind of puts out there this idea that in our glorified bodies, in this new heavens and the new earth, that many of the things we're seeing Jesus do, even pre-resurrection in some ways, are going to be imaged out in the sons of God. And I, it, it's it's compelling. Now, is it speculative for sure? Yeah. So I'm just curious, what are, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Where would y'all, how would y'all respond? I was, I was telling you earlier, I think it's beautiful to be C.S. Lewis and to be able to speak metaphorically um, <laughs> and to really get into speculation when you're talking about this very subject. Um, because there's just not, apart from Christ, there's, I mean, there's, it's just speculation after Jesus, right? Because there's not much more that we, we have to go with when we're reading Scripture. Um, I, you know, I, I think you're, you're going to ask this question, Jeff, but... Um, I think I might go ahead and even dive into it a little sure, bit because I think it. it does it does relate. Um, you know, we talk about some things being there's continuity, there's discontinuity. The question I know you're going to ask, or you were going to ask, uh, has to do with you know, are we going to be workers? Will mm-hmm. we have work mm-hmm. to do in, in the new heavens and the new earth? Um, which which Jimmy was already kind of starting to go there with. Jesus building a fire and, and using skills, right? So yeah, keep with that thought. That's yeah, good. you know, I, I think to be consistent with Scripture, I mean, I think the answer to, are, A, are we going to work or are we just going to sit around and, you know, play the harp and just <laughs> sing songs for all of eternity? 
singing is not a bad thing, and there will certainly be singers for sure in in the new heavens and the new earth. But I think to be consistent, the answer has to be that yes, we will absolutely be workers. Um, and I think that the starting point of that is that we're people that we're still very creaturely, we're very human, but to be human is to be made in God's image. And God himself is a worker. I mean, that's where we get that from. So part of imaging God, you know, it involves doing all sorts of things, all sorts of things that would promote human flourishing. So, you know, I'm thinking of business, education, farming, tech, innovation, building roads, all sorts of industries, all sorts of occupations that we're going to see. I think if to be consistent with Scripture, we're going to see in the new heavens and the new earth. So it, it isn't that our work and our industries are going to be done away with. Um, you know, rem- remember the, the new heavens and the new earth. It's the, the new earth is about a renewed earth. It's about this earth, I think, as theologians would say, wondrously renewed, not some other place. Um, but our work's going to continue, uh, but it's going to be renewed. It's going to be without sin, which also means that there's going to be, you know, some jobs that will not exist right. in the renewed earth. Um, so think of jobs that exist to, that exist for the sole purpose of helping to alleviate the effects of sin. Um, I think of jobs that are even related to what we're going through right now with mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were having this discussion before the podcast, um, so there's a lot of things that are not going to be done. Um, you know, instead of going to war, for example, we'll have occupations of peace, which it's hard to even imagine. Um, you know, even as we were talking about some things that are happening in Afghanistan right now, um, but we're talking in the renewed earth, we're talking about occupations of peace for all of eternity. So I think of what um, Micah 4.3 says, they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not uh, rise up with sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. I think that's a better picture of the kind of work, peacetime work that's going to be done. Um, But our work will absolutely carry over because we're humans that are made in the image of God, and we were created to be workers because he is a worker. And that's not going to stop. So that will continue. And let me try to, that's so good, and and and. I would venture to say that probably a, a fair amount of people listening to this right now are hearing you say that, Travis, and going, I've never heard that before. We're going to work in the new heavens and new earth. And so it's important to remember, okay, God uh, instituted work before sin came into the world, that he told, he commanded Adam to work and to keep the garden. And even in that commandment, there's this... Um, implication and even just understanding for Adam of, okay, what does that look like? What, what does it mean to work and to keep the garden? God made something beautiful, right, in, in the Garden of Eden, but he made it in such a way that he gave the pinnacle of his creation, the image bearers of God, the responsibility to cultivate it, to bring about the beauty of its, of its existence, to cultivate it, and even create in a sense of like, uh, use the gifts that God has given you to create even more out of the beauty that God the creator, right? That's what that's part of what imaging in him is, is to mimic him in cultivating and creating. And then also as we do that to explore, to explore how we are made in his image, but then also explore the the majesty and the and the vastness of what he has created. Now this is where I'm going to speculate, okay? I'm just full admission. There is nothing I can base this on other than my <laughs> imagination, okay? 
but I've read some authors that that have led me here as they speculate and go, what if, what if it was? So when we see that in Scripture it says that uh, that He's going to renew all things, right? Well, what is all things? That's everything He's created. So that's not limited to just Earth. So what what if in the new and getting back to C.S. Lewis's quote and what is what what are our bodies going to be capable of in the new heavens and new earth? What if part of eternity in the new heavens and new earth is exploring all of the universe, not just earth? We have eternity, right? And cultivating and creating and bringing it to bear in such a way that it would give even more glory to God. Isn't that why we were created? Right? So I, I'm not saying that we can all fly out in space and whatever. I don't know. Whatever that, what does that look like? I have no idea. But there's a lot to begin to daydream about of what does it look like for all of the cosmos to be, um, to be cultivated in such a way that images God, the, what we were created for to bring him glory, because that's the purpose of our existence. And what will that look like for all of eternity? It's, it's, you begin to go, oh my goodness, that's, that's incredible. And how work plays into that is an important thing to think about. And so there's the end of my speculation. So, so as, yeah. as much just Jeff as you've said, hey, this is speculation. Um, <clears throat> to go back and say to folks, hey, th- there are biblical roots for this concept, right? Um, Genesis to Revelation, and if, to, to look at Revelation chapter twenty-one, one of the four places in the Bible that talks about the new heavens and the new earth. Um, part of that depiction of new heavens and new earth involves the kings of the nations bringing into the New Jerusalem this symbol for the presence of God dwelling with his people here Revelation on 21, the new earth. 24. Revelation 21, 24, is that what you're yeah. referring to? And, and they're bringing in the glory of the nations. Hmm. And so this concept of um, every culture having cultivated the best of its skill and, and drawing out of uh, the creation God has made, the things that would most image him as worker, craftsman. Um, and, uh, and so this concept of the best of what we have done in this life carrying over into the new heavens and the new earth, it's not just speculation. There's this yeah. biblical text rooted there. And then we go all the way back to Genesis and say, hey, God's purpose in Eden wasn't to create the perfect garden and say, Adam and Eve... Don't change a thing. Right. What yeah. did he do? He said, let me create the perfect environment in which hum- human beings can flourish. And now I want you to draw the best out of the natural world that I've created and made as a home for you. That's it. And yeah. that began with Eden. And then it was to extend to the land, uh, the promised land. And then eventually new heavens and new earth to to all things. And so there will always be more goodness to be drawn out of uh, what God has made. And that's part of, our, I think, of our eternity. And it, it echoes Eden. We see it showing up here in, in uh, Revelation 21. And so let's, let's keep dreaming. Yeah. Um, well, and I, can I, and yeah. I just want to add to that. It's like, I'm just, as I think about that, I think there's a piece maybe in our heads where we think of, well, if all those things are going to come together, is it going to be like a cacophony, just like all this random stuff mashed together that God's somehow incorporating? 
And there was a, a line that I heard uh, Paul McCartney use in an interview where he was talking about how when the Beatles were making songs and they were looking for, uh, they were trying to find notes that liked each other. And he stole the phrase from Mozart, I think. They wanted notes that liked each other. And it just, it struck me as thinking about, okay, like when, when the fall happens, God has this perfectly ordered, harmonious world, but when sin happens, suddenly there's discord. And the notes don't like each other anymore. They're, 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 they're clashing. It's like a John Cage symphony, right? It's just random noises coming together. And God in his grace preserves his, some of his goodness there. So you have these glimpses of beauty, but as a whole, there's, it's, it's, it's chaos. But in the new heavens and the new earth, all those notes are going to like each other because Jesus serves as the tuning fork that brings together the symphony of God's redemptive work. And all of it is going to come together perfectly. And all those things, those cultural elements that they're bringing in, they're actually going to fit together somehow like puzzle pieces. I, like, I, don't, I, don't, even, I don't know how to articulate it, yeah. but it's exciting. I, I get excited just thinking about it, going, what is that going to be like? To have not a, not a single thing is going to be clashing with something. Mm. You know, Man, um, can I write that down? Where'd you go to seminary? That's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say one more thing. I stole it from somebody. <laughs> I'm in sure. In relation to work, um, and again, I think this was one of the questions you you had had you had for us before we even showed up for the podcast. But um, talking about our works that we're doing here in the present reality, are, are, is any of that going to follow us into the new right. heavens and the new earth? Mm, right. Um, and it was funny, I was thinking about this actually this morning. Wasn't there, what was the movie, Russell Crowe movie? It was Gladiator. Remember at the beginning of the movie, he's rallying, rallying all the, mm-hmm, the Romans mm-hmm. together. They're about to go fight the, the folks in Germania. He said, you know, the, what you do here it will follow you into eternity. Echoes, something like echoes that. in eternity. You know, yeah. I've maybe only seen that was, movie a few maybe times. A li- so yeah. yeah. It was a little bit of truth to that. Maybe but right. um there is a sense, you know, actually of you know our deeds following us. Again, scripture, you know, doesn't get into the details too much, but scripture does reference this. Jimmy already mentioned Revelation 21, 24. Um also think of Revelation 14, 13. Um John writes, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. Again, Scripture doesn't get in, into the landscape or the architecture, but there is this sense, even as Jimmy mentioned, um, about the kings of the earth bringing their glory into it, talking about the new Jerusalem. Um, there is this sense that our deeds follow us, our work follows us. Um, you know, I, I think maybe even some of humanity's greatest cultural achievements, maybe even under common grace, um, some of that maybe even, again, continuity, discontinuity, some of that even making it through um, the purging that's going to take place, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the purifying by fire. Um, whatever that might, might look like, some of that is carried somehow into the new heavens and the new earth. But again, Scripture just doesn't share too much about what that's going to look like. Um, but I think that that's important and important to think about. Um, another piece with that is that we, you know, what began, you've heard the phrase, what began in a garden will end in the city. Um, I was thinking about even some of the, uh, the occupations that may exist in the new, the renewed earth. When you talk about the new Jerusalem, you know, and heaven coming to earth, we have the new Jerusalem. It takes a lot of jobs to run a city. Um, so just think about that. But we have this kind of urban picture with a lot of greenery, not the kind of urban context maybe that we think about. Mm. Um, but 
again, these are fun things to kind of speculate, but I, I don't think we're trying to go too far yeah. past the arc of Scripture. Sure. But, you know, Travis, I'll say this, and then I want to honor our time here and, and wrap us up with one final question that, um, that we'll close with. But, you know, yeah, God, I think we can say this safely in, in terms of where Scripture points us. Uh, God cares about those physical realities. He cares about what we create, what we make, what we cultivate. Um, he cares about, as some of the things we've listed here just in our notes, I mean, he, he cares about the cultures that exist. He cares about the arts, the literature, architecture, all the things. And, and to your point, how that exists and how that carries over through the purifying work of, of the judgment, we're not exactly sure. And, and will the Eiffel Tower be in the new heavens and the new earth? Maybe I, I don't know. We, we, we don't. We can speculate, but we don't know. But God cares about those things. So here's the question, and uh, for the sake of time, Jimmy, I'll, I'll let you speak to this one, and then we'll wrap up. And really, what I'm about to ask, fair to be fair, is is probably a another podcast on all itself. But when we begin to consider these things, that it's not just God, His Word, and the souls of men that last forever. How does that affect our evangelism when we think about sharing our faith? How does that shift how we share our faith? What are some thoughts you have to, to wrap us up here? Yeah, I think one thing it does is it, it gives us so many bridges to build relationships with people. Um, you know, I don't have just three bridges. Let's talk about God. Let's talk about His Word. Let's talk about your soul. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about your work. Let's talk about what hurts today. Let's talk about what, what needs to be put right in the new heavens and new earth. Let's talk about what you're doing right now that's starting to do some of that putting right. Even if you, you know, it's a common grace, you, you may not acknowledge the existence of God. You may not acknowledge the importance of His Word. You may not acknowledge that you even have a soul. So if those are my only three bridges to build a relationship with somebody made in God's image, needing Christ to be renewed and redeemed, that's not much to work with until I can get them to, to share my intellectual framework. But if I say, here's a God who cares about all of life, therefore he cares about every detail of the life of every person I'll ever meet, I've got something in common with everybody. And they may not want to start in sort of a traditional uh, evangelistic starting point. They may not want to start with a conversation about heaven and hell. I may need to start somewhere else. My wife has a wonderful gift for doing this. She can meet someone in the in the grocery store and and sort of suddenly be having this conversation about their next door neighbor who has cancer and how that's causing them to rethink all of life. Man, what a great starting point for a conversation about eternity and about the importance of Jesus and about what are you trusting to help you get through that. Um, and so the, the number of starting places we have to build bridges of love and relationship with all of our neighbors is just multiplied and magnified as we get this biblical vision. And, and it gives us, it helps us give other people a bigger vision of who God is, right? A bigger vision of His redemptive work. That is, if it were just God saving our souls, that's still really good news. But it's even so much bigger than that. It's so much more comprehensive than that. What God is, rede is redeeming and renewing is going to blow your mind. It's not just what we often limit it to, right? Just the individual salvation of a soul. But it's 
all things, right? And wow, what good news is that? Can I mention three resources, Jeff? Absolutely. I know we're wrapping up. Please do. Um, because I think we have all three of these books in the library. And you mentioned three, a couple of messages back. Right, you mentioned right. a few resources. And I referred to, I've referred to one or two of these already. Um, we mentioned uh, Michael Williams' book, Far As the Curse Is Found. His chapter on the renewal of all things, I think, is really helpful for this conversation. Um, another book um, that I referenced, and I know Williams actually references it in his chapter, is Anthony Hookema's book on the Bible in the future. Um, Hookema has written, I mean, some, there's some great works that he's done. That's really helpful. And then a third one um, is written by an author by the name of Michael Whitmer. Uh, the book is called Heaven is a Place on Earth, Not to be Confused with, who was it, the Belinda Carlisle? Belinda Carlisle, she yeah. she the lead singer on The Go-Go's? Wasn't that the case? I don't know. You stumped me on that one. Okay, but anyway, I know she did I have sing no that. Idea. Yeah. So that yeah. would really date that would really date me. Um, but heaven is a place on earth, really helpful, particularly what we were talking about, um, about maybe how not to interpret Second Peter chapter three. Whitmer has some really good things to say. So all three of those books, I think I think at least at one time we've got all three of those in the bookstore. Yeah, and I think I could be wrong about this, and we'll make sure this is the is the case if not, but I'm pretty sure those are already listed at perimeter.org slash Norris on on where I recommend resources. But we'll also do this. We'll also have those resources along with others that we've recommended throughout the series listed on the show notes for this podcast. So be sure and check those out. Uh, Encourage you to, we've only, we've only been able to scratch the surface on, on this. And so encourage you to look deeper into these resources and, and I let the Lord meet you in that way and expand your, um, Uh, your imagination, your understanding, and your joy of what's to come. Uh, Have an eager longing for the renewal of all things to the glory of Jesus. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We'll be doing more of these in our next teaching series as we dig uh, deeper into Exodus. We'll be in Exodus 16 through 22 for the next several weeks as we teach through that. And so we'll do a, a podcast to accompany that. So until then, be blessed and find your joy deeply rooted in all that Christ is for you.